0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com. Swung on and hit in the air to Deep Left Center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Here's the 0 2. Cut on and miss. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Thank you for listening to Yankees Baseball. Have a good night. An A Bob from A Rod. Robbie Cano, a Don't You Know. Can you imagine? Hi, fans. Welcome back to Pinstripes and Bright Lights, and thanks for coming back to Talk Baseball. I've got a great story to tell you today, but before I do, let's open up the mail and hear from you. Don from the Bronx. Dear John, having grown up in the Bronx near the stadium, I'm a huge Yankees fan. My greatest memory is catching a foul ball at Yankee Stadium in 1965. My father knew Bob Turley and had the ball signed by the 1965 Yankees to include Mickey Mantle, Whitey Ford, and Roger Maris. Wow. Although there's some wear and tear, it's my prized possession. I have a room dedicated to the Yankees. I try to get to a Yankees game every year, and it's always a thrill. Thank you for everything. Um, you know, you, you mentioned a name. My father knew Bob Turley. I got a great Bob Turley story. Would you like to hear it? I mentioned this to Turley himself. He's He's gone now. It was, um, it was great for me, and I think it was pretty good for him too. In 1958, the Yankees were playing the Braves for the second year in a row in a World Series. They had lost the previous World Series in seven games. Now they were down three games to one. And they played the fifth game at Yankee Stadium, and then the next two, after a day off, would be at County Stadium in Milwaukee. Well, Bob Turley, who was their big winner that year, he won the Cy Young. Started game number five, and he went all the way. They didn't have all this nonsense about bringing a guy in in the fifth inning, or sixth inning. They allowed Bob Turley to face this great Braves team, you know, every batter three or four times. Anyway, Ellie Howard made a great catch in left field. And Turley went all the way, won the game, and the Yankees were breathing. They were down three games to two. So they go to Milwaukee, and the game six was tied late. And in the 10th inning, the Yankees scored a run. And they had their top relief pitcher, a fireballing guy with Coke sized glasses named Ron Duran. And he threw a pitch, and it was called a ball. And he thought it was a strike. So Duran strode off the mound and in front of everyone. I'm a kid watching on TV. And he gave the chokes on to the umpire. And it was so overt that they threw him out of the game. So who do you think Casey brought in? Bob Turley. And he closed it out. Game seven at County Stadium in Milwaukee. Don Larson is starting for the Yankees, and he's terrible. And the game is, you know, I don't know, 2-2, 3-3, maybe third inning. There are two guys on base. Larson never had a clean inning. And this is the seventh game of the World Series now. So Casey could wait no longer. Well, who do you think he brought in? You got it, Bob Turley. (laughs) They had no agents in those days, and they had no long contracts. You know, they said, pitch, you pitched. So Bob Turley came in in the third inning and was brilliant. He didn't allow a run, and the game stayed tied. In the ninth inning, there's two outs and a runner at second, and Ellie Howard singled up the middle to drive in the lead run. And the next batter up was Moose Scourin. He had a three-run home run, and the Yankees won the game and won the World Series. So I'm, I'm t- recounting all this to Turley like he didn't know. I said, you you're amazing. You pitched three games in a row. It would never happen nowadays. He said, yeah. And he said, he said then, John, we went barnstorming, and I pitched 10 days in a row. <laughs> Isn't that great? That was the great Bob Turley. The year is 1941. It was obviously a very, very important year in history, of course. You remember President Roosevelt, a day that will live in infamy. And the United States joined the Allied forces in this collaborative effort to defeat Japan and Germany in the worst world war of all time. Well, it also was a big year in baseball, 1941. Joe DiMaggio hit 56 great games and set a record that obviously hasn't been equaled. You know, the odd thing about how great DiMaggio was? He hit in more consecutive games in the Pacific Coast League when he was playing for the San Francisco Seals. Anyway, it was another big year because the other great slugger, Ted Williams of the Red Sox, became the last 400 hitter in baseball. He hit 406 in 1941. Dimash won the MVP. Imagine this guy hit 400, didn't win the MVP. <laughs> Dimash, so hit about 380 with all kinds of homers and RBIs in what was the worst ballpark in history for a right hand hitter, the old Yankee Stadium. Anyway, it's the final, final day of the baseball season because of a rainout. and And don't forget, in those days, They didn't have the drainage systems they have in the new ballparks. So games were always called because of wet grounds. You never hear that anymore. They wait till it stops raining. The field drains. You never see any standing water. But that was different. So on the last day of the year, they had to play a doubleheader to make up the games. Neither team was involved in the pennant race. And Ted Williams' batting average was 3996. They carried it out to four places. If it was five or above, they rounded it off to the next point. In other words, Ted Williams was a 400 hitter. And they obviously went to him and said, Ted, why don't you sit out? The games mean nothing, and you'll be a 400 hitter. And Ted Williams, who in real life was John Wayne. Uh, John Wayne did it in the movies. On the sound stages, Williams was a fighter pilot for the Marines in two wars, World War II and the Korean War. I mean, he was the John Wayne character, but in his case, it was in real life. And he said, "Um, I'm not going to hit 400 sitting on the bench. I'm going to play. So he comes up to bat. This is at what used to be called Shy Park, the... Venerable Connie Mack, who owned the team and was its own manager, Cornelius McGillicuddy, Connie Mack, was the manager. And the catcher for the Phils was a fella named Frankie Hayes. Anyway, Williams comes up for the first time, and Hayes says to him, Ted, we're all pulling for you. We want you to make it. He said, but we have to pitch it straight. He said, Mr. Max said, if we don't, he'll run us out of baseball. And so Ted Williams (laughs) dug in this great left-hand hitter. And in the first game, with 400 batting average on the line, he went four for five. He hit three singles and a home run. Now, his batting average is over 400. They tell him, well, you can sit out the second game. He said, I'm playing. In the second game, he went two for three with a single and a double. In 1941, the last 400 hitter in baseball, and he wound up hitting 406. Thanks for listening, everyone, and be sure to come back for more baseball stories, Yankee stories, or sports stories. If you have a question or want to talk baseball, send email to john at pinstripespodcast.com. Pinstripes and Bright Lights is a production of 31 Creative in association with radio.com. Our executive producer is Brady Sadler. The show is produced and edited by Ben Pierce. If you're enjoying the show, please take a minute to rate and review on whatever podcast app you use. You can download and subscribe on radio.com and the radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours